0: Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing in the room today? Come on. You guys look fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. Those of you who are joining us online Welcome, 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 wherever you are. We're so glad you're with us today. Those of you out in the lobby uh, because you didn't get here early or you're watching baptisms, thank you so much for being there. We're going to create some good spaces out there for you guys soon, so thank you for being there. Uh, My name is Danny Rivers, and I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint. How cool was all those baptisms just a moment ago? Give it up for all those people. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We're so glad you're here today. Uh, Two things real quick. Back to school for Northside School District uh, tomorrow. So there's some kids that are not happy and there's some parents that are. Come on, somebody. And uh, I know that, that many of you are going back to school tomorrow and many of the teachers and the admins, you've already been back at work, but now you've got kids coming in. We're praying for you guys uh, as well. I know some homeschool moms and dads in the room today were really praying for you guys as well. You guys are awesome, and uh, there's, uh, their pastors are walking through the classrooms, praying for our children. We're going to pray at the end over our, our students that are in the room, our teachers, our admins, and I think I saw a Kona uh, ice truck out there for the kids as well, so you don't have to pay for that. I think you just get to have it. I, if I just mess that up, somebody tell me, um, <laughs> like, but I think that's the way it goes down. Uh, nobody told me what to deal with, with that is, so anyways, it's there. Go enjoy it. Um, Hey, one other thing. Um, Two weeks from today, um, we are starting a new schedule. We're going to add back our fourth uh, gathering, which we took a break from for four or five weeks. Um, Some of you will know this because you you attend this gathering. There are often 60, 70 to 100 people that are out there um, sitting in the lobby and uh, so we're trying our best to make room. I know that some of them have safe seats because they had baptisms. But if there's an empty seat, raise a hand next to you. I know there's a couple right on our, uh, the row that we sit on right there. If somebody wants to come up and snatch those, it would be great. Um, this may be crazy what we're getting ready to do, but on September the 17th. So, so the 10th, I, let me finish one announcement and get to the next one. The 10th, uh, new, new service times, uh, 8.30, 10.00. Uh, 11:30, and because we just wanted to be weird, 12:55. All right, 12:55. 8:30. Um, two weeks from today, you'll come in at 10. If you get here at 10:15, you probably won't find a chair. Uh, but 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock, everybody in this gathering. 11:30 and 12:55, and um, just to make sure there's always enough room, because a lot of you don't realize this, but a lot of times we've had to turn people away. We, can't, we don't have any place for them to park or to sit. And there's nothing worse for us Ever As a church than to have somebody that can't come in So we bought a tent this week uh, And we're going to throw it out on the patio And we're going to make it awesome in there If you were here at Easter um, We had eight gatherings And three or four times we filled that tent up And it's got air conditioner and fans And we're putting the aguas frescas in there Because it's San Antonio after all And you can't get it unless you sit in the tent They're going to have some sneaky <laughs> sneaky snacks going on in there and there's gonna be a vibe in that tent like you're not gonna believe. It's gonna be awesome. So uh, we're not gonna turn people away. We're not gonna turn people away. We're gonna make room. We're gonna make room. We're gonna make room. So thank you. Two weeks from today. Um, you know, anytime you talk about family, which we're in this series called Family Life, anytime you talk about family, it brings up a whole bunch of emotions and different feelings for people, right? It's a tough topic because we all come from different backgrounds. We've all had different experiences. Some of us, when we talk about family, it brings up wholesome, healthy, good, warm, fuzzy feelings. For some of us, it brings up hurtful, painful reminders of the way things were. Some of us are in blended families. Um, In fact, by the way, we have a a blended family life group for the first time going on this, this semester. If that's your family, go check that out. Some of us are on a second marriage or a third and probably should we stop counting after that one, right? I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. S- some of us are like in between a marriage, meaning, come on, y'all know the Facebook thing. It's complicated. Come on, everybody know what I'm talking about? Like, like that's, that's your story. Some of us are single parents. Some of us are um, adopting or have adopted or are fostering kids. Um, some of us have, Loved ones overseas serving right now, and so we're separated. It's complicated and super diverse, and the one thing that I'm sure of is that family life is often the source of our greatest joys in life, and sometimes our greatest sorrows as well, and, and both of those things can be true at the same time. So we're in part three of our series. Last week, if you were here, if you missed, we, we were trying to give some healthy traits that are, are some traits that healthy families tend to have. They may not have all of them, but they, they have some of these. Um, and they work on all of them. And the first thing we said was that healthy families never stop learning. They're always trying to grow. They're always listening. They're always learning. They're always taking notes. They're always going and seeking counsel. So they never stop learning. They have a common spiritual foundation, meaning, like, if, if, if Jesus is Lord, then he's Lord of our whole family. Come on, right? And, and then I said this, la- this last one, they bless instead of curse. A lot of people curse in our world not few bless, and I wish the reverse were true. And I would love it if this house, this this place, your families would be the kind of families who lift each other up, who encourage one another, who even when we're correcting, we do it in a spirit of of hospitality and love and gratitude. So that was the first three. I'm gonna give you number four today. Number four, healthy families create a unique family identity and culture. You know, back in the uh, 90s, there, there was a phrase that was coined that was used to identify a suburban mom who was always crazy busy running around in, in, in her minivan, come on, with, with all, to, to, to take her kids to all of the stuff, right? Anybody remember what we called her? Soccer mom. All right, yeah, soccer moms unite in the house. And ladies, there's some soccer dads here as well. You're not alone, right? It, it was kind of in the, in the 90s, it was kind of this, this caricature of a woman frantically driving her kids to their all of their overloaded weekly activities from school and and club, you know this and that and cheerleading and dance and swim and baseball and Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and and and, and of course soccer, right? And 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 it, it created a, 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 an idea that bred other ideas that I think were actually wrong, and I. I want to give you a couple of them that I think are well-intentioned but often lead to exhaustion in parents and and family life. And the first one is this, Um, I have to provide for my kids every opportunity that school and life can open up for them. I have to provide for my kids. I have to walk through every open door that is presented to them. And I want to tell you that's a bad idea. In fact, I would say nobody in history has ever been able to do that, right? Like even even Jesus's mother, everybody, Mary, right? Mary, she actually left him behind on one of their road trips, right? They go to a road trip, right? 12 year old Jesus in the temple doing Jesus stuff and they leave him, they leave him behind. Bible says they assumed that he was with them. Can I just lean in for a moment? We can never assume that our kids are with us on our faith journey, right? They assumed that he was with them, and they're freaking them out. Like, like, listen, moms, Mary, the mother of Jesus, failed. Like, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would get left behind for two days? That should be a line in the song, the Christmas song. <laughs> Mary, did you know? Come on, somebody, right? The second lie is that I, have, I must give my child the very best, come on, stuff. Got to give them the best stuff, whatever it costs, whatever it takes, however much debt. L- let me just say this, and I'm going to hope for the best. And I said this at fa- the last gathering, have the car ready in case people throw stuff at me, babe. Parents, we do not owe our kids every single experience in life. We do not owe them the best stuff money can buy. We do not owe them all the stuff we wish we got when we were kids. We don't owe them. None of the teenagers are like, I ain't clapping for that, right? <laughs> but what we do owe them, parents, is space in our life and space in their life for us to be together as a family. Right? to do stuff together, that's what we owe our kids. We owe them love and a, a semblance of joy and wisdom and safety and security. And most of all, we owe them to teach them about Jesus. And that's what you and I owe them. Stuff, not so much, not so much. Now, now this is certainly not to every family in the room today or watching this online or out in the lobby or wherever you are. I wanna just say, but some of the families, two words, slow down. Slow down. Um, my kids have to have, have all these activities. What am I supposed to do? Just have them quit? Maybe. Or yes. Like, like is, is running our kids from thing to thing to thing to thing what's best for them? And, and is it best for you? And by the way, they're terrible at soccer anyway. Stop. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Come, Have you seen them play? I know that one of you has that one kid that's good, but the rest of them, they're looking at butterflies, man. (laughs) Come on, they're not going to be Olympians. Stop. (laughs) Okay, anyways. Babe, get the car started, because some of them think they are. Anyways. the, The best families that I've observed, that I've watched through the years, work hard to create a family identity and culture that's based not about stuff, not about you know expensive ex- experiences they're not just creating helping to create children or individuals who have the right skills and have had the right you know experiences they're creating human beings who know who they are like they have a sent, they have an identity they know who they belong to they know where they came from they know something about their family and their grandparents and their great grandparents they know that god has a divine design for their lives their parents Teach them these things, and great families create this culture. It's distinct. It's family first. It's not every other thing first, right? You you, you know things about the, these kind of families. They have they have family traditions that 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 are like we don't break these traditions. They they do silly things uh, at Christmas or whatever, right? They have shared values. They work together and they worship together. They they learn to communicate to each other with truth, yes, and with grace and. And they say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's what they do. That's what great families do. Number five, healthy families have fun together. And you're like, well, that's not very spiritual. Yes, it is. I'm going to show you that it is. It's very, very, very biblical. That we have, and, and I, would, I would argue one of the, the, the first common denominators of healthy, great families is that they have a blast together, unscripted, not just going to the baseball and football game, and you can have fun at that. I'm not, I'm not down in all that, but hanging out with each other uh, together. And so, what that means is that we say no to some things. Like out there so we can say yes to being together in the room as a family. It means that we will turn off televisions and streaming services and put away phones so that we can be present with each other. And the Bible has stuff to say about this. Ecclesiastes, Solomon the wise says, he says, I commend, I commend the what? The enjoyment of life, like I recommend, is what the wise man's saying. I recommend for people to have fun. And we know now that play is extremely important for human development. It is. It's, it, in fact, we've known for years that play is essential for preschoolers. For preschoolers, play is their work. Come on, y'all remember that when you're four? What are we going to do today? We're going to play. And it was your schoolwork. They're actually developing when they play. We found out that recess is not a waste of their time, that kids are developing just as much at, at recess as oftentimes they are in a classroom hearing a, hearing a professor. I learned far more in college in the dorms than I did from my professors about how human behaviors work. Come on, learn about a lot of bad things too. Can I get a witness, somebody? And I went to a Bible college, everybody, come on. Whew. So Paul comes along in 1 Timothy 6, 17. He says that God generously gives us what? Everything for our enjoyment. Did you know that was in there? That like God gives us everything for our enjoyment. And, and what he gives us, everybody, I want, to, I want to say this to the young people. It's called outdoors. It's outside. It's this modern thing, The Sun. Trails and water and yeah, anyways. Um, God wants our lives to be enjoyed, not just endured. And a lot of us are simply enduring life, but God has created you and he's generously given us everything for our enjoyment, right? So what, what the, wise man, the wise man, Solomon says, I recommend the enjoyment of life. And God says, and I've actually created all of this for your enjoyment. And if you're too busy as a family to enjoy life, you're too busy, God meant for you to play. Ecclesiastes eleven eight. eight. However many years anyone may live, let them, what? Enjoy them all. Every season, from when the kids are little and when the kids get older and when they get grown and when they leave, every season, enjoy them all. Why is it important for us to focus on enjoying the days that we have? Because we don't know how long we get, how many days we get, right? And, and, and so whatever you're living for, you better live for it now. Not say I'm going to enjoy life in retirement, right? You need to enjoy life now. Come on and in retirement, everybody, right? And if you have children, enjoy them in every season, even the difficult seasons. Be gracious, be grateful. That, that I, I've t- I talked to some parents e- just this morning. I was talking about how kids love to be staying up later than I, come on, want them to, praise God. I'm gonna stop right there. And then he says to me, hey, bro, but when they're gone, you're gonna wish they were there keeping you up at night because now they're keeping you up because they're not there and you're worried about them. Anyways, there's too many things to worry about. Can I get a witness from somebody? If, if you're taking notes, write this down. People don't remember what you say, but they will remember how you made them feel. And that's culture. When I talk about culture, i talking about a house where you walk in and it feels peaceful. When you walk in and you go, man, these people love each other. There's a genuine love for, for each other. And this is important advice, whether you're a parent or not, people will remember how you made them feel. My kids may not remember anything I said in their early days of their lives, but they'll remember how we made them feel. feel. Here's another verse, Ecclesiastes 9.9. 9. Enjoy life, Solomon says, with your wife whom you love. So married dads, the greatest gift that we can give our children is to love their mother, right? To, to, to have fun and enjoy life with their mom, to work hard on our marriage, uh, to make sure it's awesome. Enjoy life with your wife whom you love. When a father, listen now, listen dads, when a father shows love for the mother of the kids, it creates a stability inside their hearts. It, It creates a great security, it creates great peace in the hearts of very little children when they see that mom love each other. My girls still get a little weirded out when I kiss their mom in front of them, but guess what, I like to, so I'm gonna keep rolling that out, everybody. <laughs> Craig, Craig Rochelle pastors the, one of the big church, biggest churches in the U.S., and he says, I have five kids, not because I like kids so much, because I like my wife that much. Can I get a witness, somebody? amen to that. Now that the kids are really grossed out. <laughs> L- let me tell you, if you're married, and I know not everybody is, so this isn't for everybody, but th- those of you who are, your kids need to see you loving each other because you are their first and will be their greatest role model about how to do relationships. And if they see parents that are just, that are basically business partners, they're passing in the night, working, working, but no real relationships, that's what we're gonna, they're going to grow up thinking marriage is about. So love your wife, enjoy life with your wife. And what they really want, I think, is, is, is time with us. And sometimes it feels like they, they want the exact opposite, right? But really love for them often is spelled T-I-M-E, Right? I've said this before, time equals life. Time equals life. So when we give the people we love time, we're giving them a part of our, our life. And so it matters. Make our houses a fun place to be. I think now that my kids are older, when we ask them, what was your favorite things? What was your, the, the funnest things that you remember about your childhood? They will tell us that it was the, it was the little things that we did consistently. So we, we like to play dominoes um, and eat fancy cheese. That's like a thing for us. And so you're like, yeah, but, so that's what they said and, and we're like, yeah, but remember that one time we took you to Disney because it was super expensive and we Instagrammed that so all the other parents would think we were good parents. Come on, somebody, right? And they're like, nah, man, we would like the dominoes and cheese. It's like parents when you buy your little kids a really cool present at Christmas and they open it. And they put it over there and they just play with the wrapping paper and the box. <laughs> right? But the box is time with you. And not because it was super planned, but we have a family night and we're, we're committed to this family night. And we will protect this family night. And we're going to have fun together. So you fight for fun. Number six, healthy families protect each other. Um, This isn't part of my notes, but let me just say this anyways. Healthy families vow to never use intimidation or shame or abuse to motivate one another. They vow that they will not shame, intimidate, or abuse one another because healthy families protect each other. So Solomon, again, there's much he talks about that helps us today. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9, he says that two are better than one. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up, right? If you've lived long enough, you know that storms come to us all. Yes or no? To the littlest children, they have storms to the oldest person. And by the way, this is why we do life groups. This is why we have men's groups and women's groups and freedom groups and emotionally healthy spirituality. And we have marriage groups and blended marriage groups and singles groups and young adults groups and student groups and children's groups. We have financial groups and prayer groups and serve groups. We have all of these groups because you got to find the season that you're in. you got to find the right kind of people and who will go with you when you're up and who will go with you when you're down. And every member of our family is going to go through emotional storms or financial or career or moral or school storms or, or illnesses or relational storms like conflict. You can't go through life without, without storms because Jesus says in Matthew 5, he says, for he gives He gives his sunlight to both the the evil and the good. And he says, and he sends the rain to the the just and on the unjust. The rain comes to everybody. The storms go to everybody. And when you go through a storm, you need protection. Because families stick together. We're the protection. Three quick storms that we all go through. Number one, change. Some people like change and some people create change and some people hate change. And it's like when you're driving down the road and it's smooth and you got it on, on you know, cruise control and you don't see a pothole and bam, you hit that pothole. It kind of knocks the car out of alignment. Change can happen like that, can do that to us. Change can be really tough on, on little kids. So, so I highly recommend that when a storm of life has knocked you off your feet, that you go get counseling that you go talk to a, a wise person, whether that's you pay for it or you get counseling from a friend or a wise person. It's not shameful to get counseling. It's a good investment in your family. You don't just have to get marriage counseling. Sometimes you need family counseling. People don't realize this. You, you, what you do is you're asking somebody to coach you. The wisest, smartest, most successful people on the planet, all of them have coaches. I promise you they, get, they hire coaches and that's what counseling is. And when something gets out of whack in our lives, in our marriage, or our family life, we just we just get get rid of the pride and we go ask somebody, hey, here's what's going on in our family. Can you give us a read on what we should do with this? It's Sometimes it's time to get help. And, and a lot of reasons we don't get help is either we're sometimes lazy relationally or we're prideful. Not my family. The Bible says, Solomon says in Proverbs thirteen ten. he says, that pride only breeds quarrels. If it's already getting, if it's bad, it's gonna get worse if you have pride. And wisdom is found in those who, who take advice. Who, take, who don't just hear advice, but who take the advice and do something with the advice and 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 get help. And another storm that can come and that our kids need protection from our family is harmful ideas. And our world is rampant with harmful ideas. And by the time a child gets to 18 years old, they will have amassed tens of thousands of television and streaming hours where they have watched multiple murders, killings, sexual acts, and if they're playing certain kinds of video games, it's tens of thousands of killings. They've seen sexuality portrayed in, in, in all the wrong ways. They've seen life portrayed in the wrong ways. They've seen good be spoken about as evil and evil spoken about as good. And, 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 and many children, listen to me, are provided for, but they're not protected, right? They're le- we're letting our kids see, watch, listen to, absorb, read anything that they decide they want to, and some of that is just like a garbage truck being dumped down into their brain, right? So like, we're a parent and we're like, well, I'm gonna feed them perfectly balanced, gluten-free, non-GMO, organic, right? Food into their body, and we're letting their minds feed on junk. And parents, we have to protect our kids from the vile, the vulgar, and the vain things of this planet that are part of the reality of our culture. And some of us don't do this because we're worried that our kids will think that we're not as cool as other parents. And and I would say that our kids don't need cool. They need smart. They need wise. They need godly. They need godly. (laughs) Parents protect and families protect one another the third thing is that it's more about mental and emotional health is they, there's a storm of rejection. When, when all of us will face this at some point in our lives, but, but it's one of the most painful, painful storms of all when you go to school or you go to college or you join a group or you, and you feel uh, like you're rejected, and, 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 and when people feel that what they need is a family that comes around them quickly, Senses that love's on them. And, 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 and I don't want to embarrass my own kids here, but during their school years, they have tried out for things that they didn't get. They have tried out for teams that they didn't make. They went for roles that they didn't give in. And you could see that it crushed their their, their hearts when they were young. And so we don't rush in and say, don't cry. We don't get on the phone and, and scream at a coach or a, a, a teacher, come on, teacher, say amen, right? We, we just stay with them through the moments where they felt the sting of, of what they felt like was rejection. Because the Bible says to weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn. And that's part of what, Protecting our families looks like. The last thing, and I'm going to lean in heavy here. Come to the keys if you don't mind. Healthy families fight for unity in their families. Meaning, they will not allow politics or pride or power moves Or division or offenses to separate them. Healthy families will fight to keep the family together no matter what. What that means then is that there are family members who have to learn how to power down their opinions, right? Doesn't mean they're not allowed, they're entitled to the opinion. They have to power down. That's what we talked about in week one the idea of mutual submission, that we come under the mission. Which is togetherness and unity. They use whatever power and resources and energy and opportunities and they leverage it for the benefit of the entire family. Healthy families hear this, forgive each other. They give each other a break, right? They know that sometimes we do or we say things that we didn't mean. Sometimes we we're worn down, or hurting, or broken, or frustrated by our, our lives, or having a really tough season, and because we weren't taught how to handle our emotions uh, when we were young, or our hurts, or our failures, we often will take it out on the people who are closest to us, why? Because they're closest to us. I'm not excusing that, I'm just saying often it's the reason why we say and do things we wish we could get back. And, Healthy families go, you know what? I know that wasn't them. I know they didn't mean that. I'm not going to look to be offended. I'm going to look to not be offended. And, we, and we, don't, we don't throw each other away. We don't allow a fight from the past or a schism in the present to derail our family's favor. We don't just write off our siblings or our parents or our children. Life, life is too short for that, everybody. And, 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 and so as soon as there is an offense... Healthy families acknowledge the offense and they deal with it immediately. They don't let it fester. Healthy families don't let an offense fester. They don't let it grow because offenses, they feed on time. And the longer they wait to deal with the offense, the longer it grow, the larger it grows. What, what starts out as a small pebble of offense becomes a giant boulder of bitterness. Insult plus time. Without forgiveness equals bitterness. Right now I have family members in my extended family. They live in another state that don't speak to each other. And most of their disagreements have been about politics and possessions. Somebody died and when the possessions were being divvied up, they didn't, there was it was offensive to one of them please hear me parents uh, people with aging parents work on it ahead of time with your siblings my siblings have already talked about this we refuse we will refuse to let whatever happens at the end mess up our family unity right And, and and they were so close these people i'm thinking about and One of them in particular has decided they don't want to be part of the family. And so what happens is that much of the love and the support that they had always had from the family, they have lost. And now when they're going through the hurts and traumas of life that comes to us all, they look around and there's nobody there and it makes them even more bitter. Which is why Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 12, verse 15, he says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no what bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many one person gets offended a bitterness grows up and it defiles what many it's really about pride isn't it oftentimes and some of you know there's something exactly like that going on in your family where maybe you've cut off your mom or your dad or your kids because of politics because of possessions because of religion and yes you have a ton of righteous indignation and you're saying well I'm right and they're wrong I get it like I get it I, I really do but at the end of the of their life or at the end of yours are, are you going to care as much about all of that as you do right now? I'll tell you the answer to that is no you won't. I, I've seen families over the last several years who've gotten super divided over politics as the rest of our country has and they've let that get into their family life. There's a family I'm thinking about that was so, so close. This was a huge family, so much fun together, so much unity, so much loyalty to one another. But the politics over the past years has gotten so hostile that it tore this family apart. And then I had to witness as one of the family members died And the division was so bad, the rancor had been so bad that family members didn't even come to the funeral of one of the most beloved people you could know, loyal to politicians and political ideologies, which you're allowed to be, but cutting off their own family, which you really shouldn't do. And I'm thinking about it as an outsider, why in the world would I (laughs) allow my loyalty to some politician, whoever they are, whether they're right or wrong, make me lose my own family I can believe what I believe and still love my family I can disagree with somebody and go yeah we're just, we just won't talk about that right but why would I allow disagreement over the way somebody lives their lives even even if it's so contrary to what I believe cause me to throw them away why would I fight to win a battle with someone at the cost of losing the war I'm thinking about Leslie back there in the back right now. And I ran this by her earlier, so you, I'm not throwing her under the bus. She and her dad lost her mom and his, her, his wife a few years ago. And, and I was thinking about this when I was writing this, about how very much they would, how, how, how they would give everything they have to have one more day with her. Scott, who came up to me earlier, one of our ushers, one of our trustees, came up to me earlier and said, Danny, my mother died in 2013. I don't remember the sound of her voice. I can't find anything to hear her voice. And he said, and what I wouldn't give just to hear my mother say to me one more time, Scott, I love you, baby. Proud of you. I'm thinking about all the families through the years who I've helped bury their loved ones many, many people and what they wouldn't do to have one more hour with their son or daughter, hear their voice one more time. And yet there are many of us here in this room out there listening, whose family is healthy and whole and a phone call away who will just decide to live in isolation from their loved one. What could cause me to live isolated from my own brother, my own sister, my own mother, my own father? Why would I choose to throw all of that away so I could plant a flag on some mountain that's not gonna be worth it all in the end? It's always gonna be pride or hurt, which is why Jesus says in, in Matthew 24, verse 10, he says that in the last days, he said, if many offenses will come. Many will be offended is what he says. And he says, and they will betray one another and they will hate one another. And I'm thinking about this must be the last days because that's exactly what's happening everywhere. And listen, fam, fam, there's only one solution. That's forgiveness. That's laying down pride, letting go of our hurts, our grievances, picking up the phone or making the drive over, writing the letter. And I know, I don't know your story and I don't know what's happened or what's been said or what's been done. And I do realize that sometimes unthinkable things have happened and you've had to say a forever goodbye to protect yourself from abuse or worse. I support it, I get it. I know sometimes we have to create boundaries because some people will drive us crazy. Come on somebody, if we don't, boundaries are different than cutting them off forever. And when it's words, when it's about words, or arguments, or disagreements, or possessions, or politics, what if we just laid all that down? Lay down our weapons, I promise you, I promise you it's worth it. And yes, I know it takes courage, and yes, I know it may bring old things up, but you don't wanna bury somebody that you haven't talked to in many years, when you could've. Come on, somebody. Healthy families fight to stay together. They fight to, 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 to air their grievances. Get them out. Get them out in the open. Put it out on the table. Get help. If we don't know, if we've come to an impasse, we get help. We bring somebody in. They will not let turn out. They will not let what turns out in the big picture to be a small thing divide the family and lose them, which is why Paul says in Romans 12, if it's possible... As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. It may not be possible, but as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That's God's word, by the way. So Father, thank you. Thank you for the words of the Lord. God, I know I've stepped on some folks' toes and I've probably made some people mad. I hope they'll forgive me if I have. But Lord, life... Is too short. I think it was Moses who said, Teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. That may teach us to understand the brevity of life. That we may gain a heart of wisdom to know what is a hill to die on and what is not. What is a hill that requires separation and what is not. Give us courage. Give us strength. Give us wisdom to know that we only have one family. We only get one mom, one dad, one brother or sister. However it works out, maybe you have 10. We only get all of those 10. Whatever the case is, I pray for health in our families. I pray for togetherness. I pray that families would focus on having fun together. I pray that they would learn, that they would keep learning, that they would keep growing, that they would bless and not curse, God, that they would, that they would get the help they need when, when it's bigger than them. I pray for blessings and strength and help and hope and grace. I pray that people who might be struggling right now would go out and find a group out there, of people to do life with, to come alongside them as they're running through the storms of life because parents and families protect each other and so do spiritual families. Spiritual families protect each other. That's why I need a spiritual family. Help us, Jesus, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Hey, right before, yeah, thank you.